0: I want to know where dreams come from because they seem to come from somewhere else to me, Mm. uh, somewhere else, meaning like not my own imagination, Mm. the way that visions sometimes come from me when I'm awake. I feel like I'm receiving dreams from somewhere else. What do you think?
1: I think that that opens up a conversation of consciousness is local or non-local. So right out the gate, if you open a door and you look outside, you know, is the information coming in or is it going out? And I think that's kind of what dreams are. They can be both at the same time. They can be the stories that you tell yourself or that you remember or stories that are coming in. And I think that you can, when you play in the dream world, you might be able to start to notice the nuance between whether you're projecting the dream out or you're the receiver. Um, and practicing the muscles of playing in the dream world. I think you find your talents just like you do in regular life, but I don't know that there is one, one singular place that dreams come from because dreams are us and we don't come from one singular place, nor do we stay there. So I don't have a answer quite for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, like, in, in a world or a experience that we um, exist in that's of a, a dual nature, of light and dark, of yin and yang, of, you know, things being there or things not being there, dreams are just the dream life um, as a foil to our waking life. So they're going to mimic each other and they're going to be antagonistic. Um, but they, you know, living in the dream world or experiencing the dream world it's the same as the regular world. It's just different, but it's inextricable from waking life. Um, There's, there's a sense of agency that you can harness in the dream world. And sometimes there's a sense of agency that you can harness in the waking world. You know,
0: (laughs) (laughs) are there different kinds of dreams? Can you enumerate different kinds of dreams?
1: Mm. Yeah. So, since I'm a dream expert <laughs> um, I, ha- I am a lifelong dreamer, and so I've, I've learned that um, my experience of dreaming is is you know unique to me and maybe not everyone's experience. So I see nuance in all sorts of different types of dreams and so some dreams I pay attention to a lot more simply because they haunt me. they have more weight when I wake up. They stick with me. It's like a spider web that you've walked through and you just cannot peel it off your skin. Um, it could be the subject matter, but usually it's like the feeling, the essence of whatever the dream was. Those are not common. Just like a really meaningful moment in a in the waking life isn't that common. It it sticks out because most of the time it's the mundane, you know, world, right? So, yeah, I think that the different dreams, they can have just more physical weight of meaning, whether it's grief or joy or ecstasy or just memory. Um, There can be like I like to think of them as like file cabinet dreams where it's like your brain was just rummaging through whatever. Whatever you went through, like whatever TV show you're watching or argument you had with a family member or a book that you were reading or class that you forgot. I mean, like it's like your brain is just like skimming through all of the the categories it's trying to file away. Cause I think that there's a functionality of some dreams that dreams exist so that you can forget. And so it files away those memories so you don't have to think about them. But sometimes you dream about all those things that you should forget all at once. And those they're kind of fun and they're like the crazy dreams that people talk about. They don't have meaning to me, except that they haven't. The the meaningful ones, um, you know, have their own weight. I feel like there are ones that are more just straight-up symbolic, whether you're doing spiritual work or magical work or intentional work in the waking life. They can be a um, part of the scaffold that bridges the waking and the dream. The archetypes or the symbols that come through in the dream are working towards the meditations that you're doing in the day to kind of bridge some sort of idea of understanding of whatever you're working on, you know, in the dream and in the waking, if that makes sense. Uh, so yeah, I think there's, um, there's intentional dreams. So when I started to practice lucid dreaming, which is becoming aware that you're dreaming while you're asleep. It's nothing more than that. It's like you wake up in the dream and you realize you're dreaming. And a lot of people have them when they're kids. But when you um, practice it like a muscle, you can get better at it. You can sustain it for longer. You can go on adventures. You can go on quests. Speaking from experience, it's my favorite thing to do is that I. um, uh, There's a Simpsons episode where Ralph eats his worm and. The teacher doesn't have another one, so she says go to sleep. And he goes, yay, that's where I'm a Viking. And (laughs) to me, like he's like my dream totem. It's like that's where I'm a Viking is in the dream world to go on these quests. Um, And so with lucid dreaming, you can choose to do that. I mean, a lot of people practice lucid dreaming just to have fun. Some people practice it to work on a specific problem that they're dealing with in the real world. To me, like that's where... I feel like uh, a lot of my work on earth is here to be done there. And since I started my lucid dreaming practice, which fluctuates with dedication and respite, um, you know, my my work is to be done there. So I take the lucid dream practice uh, a bit more seriously than just people that want to go, like, have sex while they're flying, which is, you know, the two things that people lucid dream for. So.
0: Um, Do you know a lot of yeah. people who've done both at once? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The lucid dream forums are like a really anything goes <laughs> mm-hmm. group of people. Because it's true, like, you know, anything you can imagine, it's all real.
0: I have a question about lucid dreaming. The, the, the thing that I think is most unusual about the quality of the experience which is something I've had like a few times. Like it's not Mm -hmm. something I've ever learned to reliably do, but like trying and practicing and doing the various techniques I've had success more than once, like enough to sort of know what I'm when, when it's happening, but not Mm -hmm. enough to like do it reliably. But the thing that I found most surprising about it is the way that agency or like intention like the same individual and in, intentional consciousness that I feel like I have when I'm awake kind of flickers in and out. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I, I'm wondering if you can sort of describe what like an advanced capability at that is like, and, and sort of how, if at all, it's different from ordinary, like waking consciousness.
1: Yeah. It's so um, tender to hold that space. Uh, And a lot of when you when you have like a nightmare, it seems ultra real, and the colors might be like pulsing, and the the fear, the terror is like palpable. The the hyper realism, like lucid dreams used to be called like super dreams or something like that, like because they're like they seem like way more intense than a regular dream. Um, And when you become aware in that situation it's overwhelming and usually the sense of overwhelm is what wakes you up so having a nightmare and it's like realer than real and that overwhelm uh moment waking you up is like not being able to hold that nuance and that subtlety of of the experience of lucidity but there's a a lucid dreamer whose name I can't ever remember his name is Andrew Something. It's not check but it's another Andrew, and he talks about the process of lucid dreaming is like walking barefoot into the ocean, and sometimes your toes get tickled with water, sometimes you're ankle deep, sometimes you're in over your head. Um, so there's these variations of being aware that you're in the water, and when you know you have a lucid dream. Sometimes you are in over your head and it's really hard to stay in over your head for very long. So there'll be these fluctuations of, uh, you know, kind of falling asleep back within the dream and then waking back up again. And that's when a meditation practice during a waking life is helpful because you're able to kind of let that float through you and not get hung up on like losing that state. Um, it's about finding that middle path in the dream of like not being overwhelmed and not sinking into um the uh, sleepy state of just doing whatever and and I and it's almost like a pulse, you know it's like a heartbeat that as the heartbeat one way, you know all the blood flowing one way helps me stay lucid, and then when it pumps back out, I fall asleep again, so finding that. Um, that sustain is hard. But that's, you know, that's a beautiful part of the practice is that when you do have a dream where you can sustain that and you can, you know, some dreams I'll, I'll, uh, if I find myself falling asleep back in the dream, I don't fly that much in my dream. It's just the novelty is kind of over. I mean, I definitely did when I was, Young and when I practice, but I'll make myself fly because it'll kind of like wake me up. It's like getting a shot of espresso and the dream of like make me really lucid so that I can like see what the landscape looks like and so that I can kind of float back down and stay just above the tree line, which is usually what I do. Um, and stay in that lucid part so that I don't get stuck on the ground or if I'm too high in the clouds, then I just get attacked by dragons. Often. Um, so it's like literally finding that middle path right at the tree line so that I can have agency, enjoy the space, be able to choose my next adventure and, uh, uh, go from there.
0: Okay. I need to know more about the dragons. Oh, (laughs) where, where did those come from and where, and, and what happens when you run into those?
1: Uh, it's never good for me. Mm. (laughs) Um, dragons are. I dream about snakes and serpents a lot, and dragons, you know, are kind of like snakes without fear. Uh, dragons are fearless, and snakes still have an element of fear in them. Um, dragons are, they can, you know, they're usually like smog from Lord of the Rings, you know, like that type of dragon. They're usually flying. They. I don't usually see them visually. I might get their shadow on the ground. Um, When I'm aware that there's a dragon near, it's usually, I'm just seeing the flames come from behind me or surrounding me. It's like usually in my moment of fiery death is when I'm having the realization that it's the dragon. And that's, that's what wakes me up. It's, there's like no way for me to hold a lucid state while being burned. Um, I have ducked into buildings before and had this, had the dragon transform down into a more manageable snake. Uh, and then I'm able to kind of work with it a little bit, but when he's like full dragon that I'm just, I'm just shit out of luck.
0: Mm. <laughs> mm. Do you remember your first encounter with one?
1: Um, n- it wasn't notable because they were, uh, apocalyptic dreams and death dreams and dying dreams and fire dreams have always been a part of my dream life since I was a dreamer, since I was a kid. I had uh, nightmares that um, would crawl out from my legs and sit on my feet when I was very young. Uh, And I feel like they they probably were like gargoyle-y versions of dragons. But I mean, ever since... Like my literal earliest memories of dreams have been that that vein practicing the lucid dreaming, uh I felt like I had a say in the dream. And it was the first stage of me embracing the nightmare. Like now I I uh look forward to the nightmare because that's usually the best time to lose the dream. It's uh, it feeds my sense of adventure and i know that i'm safe it usually helps me get to a lucid state very quick i don't run anymore i go after the attackers and that's when i say i feel like i do work there um like i feel like i go and just clean house and slaughter. <laughs> um yeah i know it's funny i was telling a friend about lucid dreaming and i could tell their eyes were glazing over and then I was like, I could talk to you about astrology and watch your eyes close over in a different way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I love dreams and I love hearing about people's dreams. I don't think they're silly. I think that they're just, uh, these nice little mirrors of our own world and they reveal so much about us. And, uh, it's, it's like a limitless, um, uh, area of work. You know, there's always work to be done, and it's done in the most beautiful and expressive way that the waking world. I appreciate the waking world for what it is, but the, the dream world has uh, so much magic in it that's just accessible to me, and I think it's accessible to others. But I'm just glad that I have access to it.
0: Do you think that your skills in this area of life? our sort of responses to the scary and challenging aspects of it when you were young?
1: Um, I mean, I they were, I mean, it took me a long time to get here. You know, as a kid, it was terrifying and I wouldn't wish that on any kid to go through that. You know, I have a, very stable and loving, you know, supportive family. It wasn't a trauma response. It was, um, I, I just feel like it, it. it's something that I came through with. And I'm glad that I was able to work with it as an adult and have um, compassion for that little girl that suffered through all those very terrifying uh, nightmares. I mean, <laughs> I think a silver lining is that it made me fascinated with all things sonic and dark. Um, like, if anything, I I probably fed the nightmare by reading horror. And you know, I grew up in the swamps, and so all the animals were creepy. And I've always loved snakes. I my first dream was to be a herpetologist like my uncle to study reptiles and um you know i don't know if if that was echoing in the dream but it's um i feel like it made me brave because i suffered it uh you know i mean i wouldn't have it any other way it's who i am i think now to use dreams as like a functional tool for me Is I'm grateful for it because I do feel like it was helpful. I mean, it's just one day to day problem solving and getting a sense of people. People will come to me in dreams that I haven't met in real life. And it's like the essence of my gut tells me either yes or no for that person. And um, I usually wait till I meet another person to make that final call, but my dreams haven't steered me wrong in that way. So, Um yeah, it's just like a tool in my tool belt. That's pretty fun to use. (laughs) (laughs)